Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Key, we made it through one hour, and they let us come back for hour number two. Well, it's I, like riding a bike, kind of. At least we still have a show because what Bart Scott was doing when I was gone, from what I understand, we we might not have had a show. Key, he was trying to hold yeah, you ooh, down, Key. He God. was trying. He was trying. He was trying to get us off the air, from what I understand. Yeah, Alan told me about those text messages you kept sending him. Oh, man. I had to let him know. Don't, don't get us canceled. Don't get us canceled because they was up here. They was wilding a little bit. They were having fun. Yeah. But, you know, Bart going to take it all the way to the edge. Oh, right there. You know Bart Scott is a habitual line stepper, so we just had to make sure he didn't sink the ship. And he had a couple of lines there, by the way. <laughs> just, a, just a couple. Just From a couple. what we hear. It's great to have the voice of Chris Canty. He's with us here, and he's been one of the guys that really was a huge boon to the show, working with Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Seth Greenberg, so many of the guys that helped us out in our absence. And once again, it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll talk a little NFL draft with our insider, Matt Miller, in 30 minutes as the draft creeps closer. Uh, Chris probably thought he was done with two days after he retired from the NFL, but <laughs> He's doing TV on Get Up. He's doing our show. He's got his own show uh, in New York, and it's great to be uh, flanked here by a couple of Super Bowl That's champions. That's why he make all that money, though, Zubin. Come on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're not paying him all that money to stay at home. <laughs> I'll tell you this much, Zub. These aren't like the Bill Parcells two-a-days that Key and I used to have to go through out in Oxnard. This is a little bit different. I'm just saying. I'm a little easier on you. Is that essentially just a, what you're Just saying? a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun here. Once again, I want to set up the big call topic this morning. And we can talk about anything, obviously, you want to. But there's a lot of teams that every obviously are going to be picking a quarterback right at one, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, two, Zach Wilson. What are the Niners going to do at three? What are the Falcons going to do at four? That's the top of the draft. Could quarterbacks go one, two, three, four? That would be amazing. But... At the bottom of the first round, there's some teams that, for a variety of reasons, fellas, could use a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we want to have you guys weigh in as well. Here are just some of the teams, real quick, that we're thinking about for obvious reasons. Bucks picking 32nd by virtue of the Super Bowl win in Tom Brady's age. If you want, you could go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are going to bring back Ben for one more year at 24. Then you've got the Chicago Bears at 20. Of course, they've been looking for a quarterback since... Uh, Papa Bear Hallis was on the sideline, I believe. Sid Washington, Luckman or something. Sid Luckman, yes. The one and only, literally the one and only, people say, uh, the guy that really got him over the top. And the Washington football team picks at 19. Even if you want to go to the mid-first round, Minnesota's at 14. The Pats, obviously, uh, at 15. So hit us up. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Mid-lower first round team that could surprise by taking a quarterback since everybody knows the top of the quarterback list at the flush one, two, three, four position is all going to be QBs. Mark is in Jacksonville and he doesn't want to talk about the Jaguars this morning. Good morning, Mark. Give me a team here mid first round that you wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger here and drafted their new signal caller. All right. So uh, what I would say is that um, I, I think that the Washington Redskins should put somebody behind Fitzpatrick. Um, because, you know, he's at the end of his career, and, and, and it'll be nice to have somebody come up behind him. Um, however, we don't know what quarterbacks are going to fall to that, to that, you know what I'm saying, to their pick. And, and, and I don't know who they like her or not. Um, and, and I'm a Jacksonville Jaguar fan for life. I'm from Jacksonville. So um, what I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys have all this experience and you're connoisseurs of this, is there an element of, of teams that they, they need a player that will um, – would be more flashy or whatnot to sell tickets because I remember when the Jaguars could have gotten um, um, Tim Tebow, and they chose not to. But Tim Tebow is from from Jacksonville, and they had 
this, they didn't have the stand, you know, the stands were covered and whatnot. And I just want to know if there's an element of that that also goes into play. Um, I, I remember the Tebow hype. They should draft him. They should mm-hmm. draft him for ticket sales. But I don't think – I think ticket sales come with winning. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the NBA where one player could bring in 16,000 fans and basically fill up an arena. In football, that one player is not going to fill up that stadium with 60,000-plus Fans, can't he? So I think Trevor Lawrence is the way the Jags are going to go. And Washington, on the other side, Washington will probably draft a quarterback because they need one. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is nothing more than a stopgap. He's the bridge to whatever you're going to do after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, he's not going to be the guy that you're saying is going to lead our franchise for the next decade. Like, that's not who he is. He's going to be there to stabilize the franchise. But they do need to try to find who that next guy is going to be. There are a couple other teams that fall into that bucket as well. Like the New Orleans Saints are trying to figure it out, although they're going to roll with Jameis Winston. The Chicago Bears are trying to figure that out, although I don't know how much time Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to have. Um, The Pittsburgh Steelers got to figure that out with Ben Roethlisberger and what their quarterback situation is going to be after him. So there are several teams that are in the back half of that first round that have to develop a succession plan at the quarterback position, which is why you could see some moving around when we get to that second half of that first round. Guys like Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask, they're going to be interesting prospects that a lot of teams are going to be looking at. And you look at Chicago's situation, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, whether or not they're there in the future, Chicago still has to figure out as an organization how to solidify the quarterback spot moving forward. So you talk about Chicago. You look at Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick is there to be the guy in the classroom to teach young quarterbacks how to be a professional. The Minnesota Vikings, I don't know what's going to happen long term with Coach Zimmer. I don't know if he'll be there beyond this year or not, but they too have to figure out the quarterback position toward the future. You mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32. Tom Brady's going to play at least another three years. So it's not important or it's not like a pressure situation for them to go out there and get a young quarterback. Uh, I think they can wait till the next year or the year after before they make that decision. What other teams are there that I could think of? You mentioned the Raiders to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Raiders – I think the Raiders are still going to sit where they're at with Carr. Yep. Um, who else would be there that would be a shocker? New England at 14, I don't – I don't know that they would deal with a quarterback. I just don't. Um, it just hasn't. It hasn't been something that Belichick has valued. How about Philly at twelve? No. Why? Why would Philly do anything at twelve? I mean, they they got rid of Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts is the guy. They brought in Joe Flacco to teach him how to be a quarterback and be the backup. Uh, they may take a quarterback later on in the rounds, but mm-hmm. not not at 12. No, I don't see that happening. Denver at 9. It's not exactly low. It's top 10. But if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm looking for a veteran-type quarterback. I'm going to go and try to figure out if I can pry a Teddy Bridgewater uh, away from Carolina, if Carolina is really, truly moving on from him. Here, here's a six-round pick. Let him go in battle with Drew Locke. Um, who else would be? That's pretty much it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. The New England, no, New England, the New York Giants aren't going to do anything. 
Yeah. One last thing I would quickly say is that keep in mind in Denver, the new general manager is a guy named George Payton, came from the Minnesota Vikings, was with Minnesota when Teddy was there. So if he signed off on him, thinks he could provide good competition to Drew Locke, go for it. Let's break the rules here real quick because they told me this is a good one. Alice in Pittsburgh. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I listen to you guys every day. Love you. Thank I don't you. even listen to 93.7 The Fan anymore unless Phil Pony's on CBS on Sunday. But anyway, <laughs> you guys are talking about um, quarterbacks, and we probably should have drafted a quarterback a few years ago, but the problem with the Steelers is that we never have a losing – we haven't had a losing season in years, so we don't get a Trevor Lawrence or we don't get um, you know, any of the, the top quarterbacks. But Ben is one injury away from being done. And I think a lot of people don't want to admit it in Pittsburgh. There have been, ben, you know, we've been Ben fans for years that I don't know what your thoughts are on it, that I can't see us taking a quarterback when we have so many other glaring needs this year, offensive line, running back, and go on and on. No, great call, Alice. Thank you very much. The Steelers pick at 24, and the irony of the whole thing is that Ben essentially made it for 17 years where they never even had to think about it. And now, after spending almost two decades not thinking about it because he was there despite all the drama, a couple Super Bowl rings, now he's nearing the end. They obviously said you can't come back at this cap number. Now, for the first time in nearly two decades, after he essentially pushed that question off for so long, it's staring them right in the face. We'll continue to take your calls all morning long. Again, 888-SAY-ESPN. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, brought to you by Nate. Nature Valley, feel the joy of a sunny day, find the freedom of an open field, and taste the crunch from 100% whole grain oats. Stay outside longer with Nature Valley oats and honey, crunchy granola bars. We are better outside. Speaking of better, what could be better than Tiger winning in 97 at Augusta and changing the face of golf? How about what happened at Augusta yesterday? Our golf expert explains after Key has this from Sintas. Today, people expect a new level of clean. Centos provide a wide range of essential products and services that help businesses keep their facilities and employees clean and safe. Centos will keep you well stocked with essential supplies like face masks, hand sanitizers, gloves, and thermometers. Centos will highly hygienically think I got that right. Clean and deliver your uniforms. Centos also helps you protect employees and customers with first aid and safety supplies and fire protection services. Centos helps you open your doors with confidence every day. Learn how Centos can help you keep your business clean and safe at Centos.com. Get Centos and get ready for the workday. Hideki Matsuyama, history, the first Japanese male to win a major championship. He makes it the Masters. He'll get the green jacket. We play for ourselves. We play for our families. He's out there playing for his entire country. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Just think about what today would mean for Hideki Matsuyama. I was asked once about how much it would mean to Japan if he won a major championship. He said, frankly, I want to win it for me. To put on this performance, trying to win his first major championship at the Masters right now is Hideki's moment. The country celebrates a dream realized. And what a moment for Matsuyama. And what a moment for the Japanese sporting public and the Japanese fandom at large. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll go to the Goodyear hotline in just one moment to catch up with the two-time U.S. Open champion, Chris Canty, and the house for Jay Williams, new father, his first son, Zane, born last week. Congratulations to him. We'll have him back later in the week, we hope. Congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama, who, at the age of 29, has already played in 10 Masters. At the age of 29, if you think about it, alongside Naomi Osaka, Japanese number one tennis player in the world, Shohei Otani, who's taken baseball by storm in its first week and a half, and now you add to it Matsuyama with the win. Think about the gravity of what just happened, winning the Masters and putting that green jacket on and donning it for the rest of your life and going to that champion's dinner on a Tuesday night and forever being introduced for the rest of your life as a Masters champion is in and of itself an incredible achievement. But on Saturday night, after playing 39 career rounds at Augusta, he put his head on the pillow, woke up, and got ready for his 40th round, the final round of the 2021 Masters. And our two-time U.S. Open champion, Andy North, explained to people, (laughs) it's not just the weight of the world on Matsuyama's shoulders. It's not the weight of the world. It's the weight of the global world. There will be more pressure on Hideki tomorrow to win this ch- tournament than anybody who's ever led a major championship. And because in Japan, if he's the Masters champion, it will be worth a billion dollars to him over the rest of his career. Think about this. Opening ceremony is the Olympics, and he walks in in his g- green jacket. Uh-huh. It's going to be unbelievable if he wins. Think about that. And it's great to have Andy join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Andy, the number that jumps out to me is... Billion. When I think billion, I think in golf, the only person I can ever think of is Tiger Woods. And obviously everything the late great Arnold Palmer did on and off the course. You think of Michael Jordan, you think of LeBron James. And I think that's the end of the list. Maybe Ronaldo Messi. But I mean, you're talking the most rarefied of air for Hideki Matsuyama with those names. Help us explain the whole B with the billion, Andy. Well, it's, it's a golf-crazed country, and we're talking this would be winning the World Cup on steroids for Japan. Uh, I can't imagine the parting that's going on there right now. It's, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to go over there quite a few times uh, when I was playing, and, and the American players were treated like royalty. It was absolutely amazing and, uh, to see how, how people respected great players and now they have the masters champion it's going to be amazing i mean the current contracts he has just add a zero to it so i mean you can imagine the kind of numbers that are going to happen over the next 30 and 40 years for him 
How important is this win for the Olympics, given the fact that it's in the same year for Japan? Uh, I, Key, I think it'll be unbelievable. I mean, I think this just takes that at a totally different level. And, you know, think, they're shut down as as well as we have been. And, you know, they haven't been able to be doing something and to ha- see this happening. And then know you've got the Olympics coming and hopefully – by then, you know, you can get people there and, and get the excitement of, of hosting that in your own home country. So it's, it's going to be some amazing stuff. And I can't imagine, uh, you know, talking to Mike Tirico and some of the guys who are going to go over there and spend three weeks, you know, working that, that it's going to be an incredible experience for them. And to see Hideki wandering around in his green jacket will be something special. No, it, prob- it probably most likely will be. Um, when you think about Hideki, he's always been a, a big ball striker. How was he able to put all this together for the Masters? Well, you know, he's really struggled the last year. Uh, he's actually, his dad has been who's taught him his entire life, and, you know, they've worked together, and he's actually been working with another teacher. Uh, he only had one top ten so far in this, this season. So he's been not at the top of his game. He's always been a wonderful iron player, but his short game has really improved. His chipping and pitching around Augusta National this week was absolutely amazing. Uh, A great example was the pitch he hit at the 13th hole. Uh, It was such a difficult shot. You're playing off a little down slope, and you've got to get the ball up and stop it onto a little ridge, and then it releases down, and he judged it perfectly. And it was at a key time on the second nine. It looked like Shoffley was going to make an eagle, maybe catch two shots, and they walked off that green making the same score. So his short game really saved him. We saw two or three great pitches on the front nine to, to save pars. So uh, he had it all going, but anytime you've got confidence enough that you know you can get it up and in, you can be more aggressive with your irons and hit some better shots. Andy, and I want to go back to that final round yesterday because I thought Matsuyama did a great job of scrambling all weekend, being able to get up and down when he got himself into a little bit of trouble. But I thought on hole number five, that putt that he made, I mean, during the broadcast, they had yeah. made the point that after he sunk that putt, it probably felt like he made a birdie putt or an eagle putt, but it was a par putt. But it felt like the momentum was in his favor. Like, it felt like it was going to be his day. His day. Can you give us a, a sense of what the feel was, the overall vibe, after he made that putt? Well, I think if you, if you look at the, the opening four or five holes, uh, Zalatoris had birdied the first two. Uh, Hideki had bogeyed his four-shot lead, went to one. And, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking maybe the wheels are going to come off. And then after he drove in the fairway bunker at five, which you can't reach the green out of, all you can do is just pitch it out. And then he had a pretty nice shot in there to give him a chance to make it. You know, that's a very difficult green. And to give himself a chance to make a 20-footer for par, which then he did. I mean, that really, I think, settled him down. And if he, the next couple holes, he had a great shot into six he had a nice shot into seven it was like all of a sudden things are okay uh that really changed the event andy north the two-time u.s open champion is joining us andy before we let you go and ask you who's going to be up next at the season's next major the pga championship still got to get used to that being second on the schedule at the ocean course at kia we'll get you on that on the way out the door but xander shoffley was able to make a charge you know Chris mentioned hole number five. You know, I'm watching Xander on 12, 13, 14, 15, birdie, 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 looking for that elusive first major just the way Matsuyama was, but he comes up short, another sort of crushing defeat for him. Take us inside the ropes. As a man who got over the hump a couple times on the biggest stage in the sport, how does this calcify somebody? Knowing this kid the way you know him, 
what is this sort of coming up short? How can that, can it help him? I mean, like, is, is, this, is this a death blow? What is this? Well, I think if, if you remember how he handled the media afterwards, Xander was unbelievable. I thought what he talked about Hideki was just fantastic. And, you know, he's a player that he's going to get a major championship. He's going to win a ton of tournaments. He is such a solid player. Uh, he made that double he he was struggled early. The double at five, uh, you know, he was a, he was losing ground dramatically, and then he had that stretch of birdies at twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And you think, well, you know, we, game's on. It's two shots with three to play. Uh, he he misjudged the wind at sixteen, and he was man enough to stand up there and take it. Uh, you know, triple bogey, first triple bogeys made in all the major championships he's played. So uh, he's a guy that he's going to be over this. Uh, Obviously, it's frustrating. Uh, Van Pelt and I have picked him to win two or three of the last times we've had to pick uh, a major champion. So uh, we tease him early in the week that, hey, we're not picking you this week, so the pressure's off, and it looked like it almost worked. So he's going to get his. Uh, Anytime a player of that caliber uh, has no holes in his game, and he's a fantastic putter. He'll win a major championship before long. Great. And on the way out the door, help us out here. It was a uh, star-crossed weekend. Of course, Tiger still recovering, but DJ didn't make the cut. Rory didn't make the yep. cut. Brooks has been injured. He's got that right knee injury. You kind of saw him pre-Masters week. I was watching all your coverage. Couldn't even fully mm-hmm. bend down on the green when he was reading putts, getting ready to go. But maybe all of them, with the exception of Tiger, will be ready to go. Ocean course, Kiowa Island, May 20th to 23rd, ESPN+. Plus. Glad to be a part of the PGA Championship again here on ESPN. Give us an early handicap. Well, first of all, we're, we're, we are really looking forward to it. The Ocean Course is a fabulous spot. Uh, Rory won the PGA there before, so maybe that will be good vibes for him going in. Uh, he's got a little bit of time to get his game organized. Uh, I, think, I think we'll see a, a fantastic tournament. I think we'll see all those guys playing at a high level. Uh, I think this was kind of a one-off this week with Brooks's injury and you know the, Rory not playing very well and uh, DJ being the defending champion and really struggling. I, I expect we'll see all those guys going uh, full at it once we get to Kiowa and and maybe that's the time that Xander breaks through. So it's going to be a fun fun PGA and you know the golf season's in, in full go now. No doubt. He'll only come through if you and SVP don't pick him. So uh, just, you got your fair warning. Andy, thanks for waking up early with us. We really appreciate it. Z-Man, anytime. Thanks. You got it. That's Andy North on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. On the way, we know what's going to happen at the top of the draft. One, two, three, four. But we've talked about it. What happens in the middle of the first round and late in the first round for teams that could use quarterbacks who's ready to strike and grab one our nfl draft insider with the answer in one minute and your thoughts too right after this sports center update as andy so eloquently said hideki matsuyama wins the masters he becomes the first japanese born man to win a major championship couple ladies from Japan have won. Y.E. Yang was the first Asian man to win. You remember that? That was more than a decade ago when Y.E. Yang chased down Tiger Woods when they said it could never be done. That was a great day for South Korea, and today is a great day for those Japanese fans that Andy say love the sport of golf. Chris, I want you to watch this. I know most of you are listening on the radio, but I want you to watch this here. Here we go, right? Braves Phillies yesterday. This kid, Alec Bohm, slides in to make it 7-6. This would prove to be the go-ahead run 
Canty, it doesn't look like he touches home plate here. They took a look at the review. We're going to show this here on TV a few more times for those of you watching this morning. They looked at it on review, and they refused to overturn it, Chris, even though it clearly looked like he did not touch home plate. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It looked like he didn't touch home plate because he didn't touch home plate. It should have been <laughs> out. There's no way that bomb should have been ruled as a run right there. He didn't score. The catcher clearly gets the tag down in time. That's an out. I don't know, man. That left that left foot turns right there. I think he catches the corner at the top. No, there's about four inches of space I'm right there. You'll see you. it from a different angle, Key. He does not touch home plate. I need to see That's a different an out. angle. That's an out. Drew Smiley's going to break the tile, though he's got a little bit of a biased opinion. He's pitching for the Braves, and he's with Canty on this one. We have five different angles on a national televised game. It's clear that his foot didn't touch the plate, that it was on the chalk. Everyone saw it and sees it. You know, everyone knows it. And for MLB not to overturn that, it's embarrassing. You know, why even have replay if you can won't overturn that? It's a good question, by the way. The guy that gets the last laugh, you want to know the answer to this question? Did he touch on plate? The kid who slid in, Alec Bohm, they asked him, you touch on plate? You know what he said? They called me sick. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what he's supposed to say, right? I mean, no he's not going to complain about that. But this is the, the second time in four days where we're talking about a terrible replay by Major League Baseball. Chris talking about Ron Kulpa and that Michael Conforto play with the Marlins and the Mets, which I'm sure you guys are talking about on 98.7. Key, I know this is something you're going to want to talk about in detail in just a little bit. We'll get to it. But just to let people know, Eddie George, a Nashville icon with the ten, uh, Tennessee Titans, is now going to be Tennessee State's head coach. That school in HBCU, FCS level, also located in Nashville. So his name will travel far following in the footsteps of Deion Sanders. NFL legends now trying to go down and help the FCS HBCU programs. Notably, neither has much collegiate head coaching experience or coaching experience of any kind, but both have incredible cachet. And that's the name of the game today to get guys. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some Straight Talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Matt Miller, get ready to go back in the Wayback Machine. For those of you old enough to remember, this was a video game before it was a big TV show. Matt, our Draft Insider, is brought to you by Mortal Kombat. See it in theaters and on HBO Max, April 23rd, rated R. Matt joins us. All right, Matt, so we all know what's going to happen. Maybe history at the top of the draft, one, two, three, four, all going quarterbacks if indeed the Falcons oblige and do it at the four spot. But we've been talking this morning, and we'd love to take your calls, 888-ESPN. For those of you listening out there, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z on Twitter. Plenty of teams, middle-late first round, that could surprise by taking a quarterback. So tell us out there, if you're listening, who might that team be? Matt, I'm just going to reel off some teams for you, and you tell me what makes sense. Vikings at 14. Pat's at 15, Washington football team at 19, Bears at 20, Steelers at 24, Pats at 32. Any of those do anything for you? Yeah, I think some of those teams do, guys, but it, it becomes a situation of it only makes sense if someone starts to fall. So if 
Justin Fields from Ohio State or Trey Lance from North Dakota State, if they start to fall, then a team like the Minnesota Vikings at 14, the, the New England Patriots at 15, then they make some sense. But there's not that sixth quarterback this year. The NFL teams view as a viable option in the middle of the first round. So those might also be teams that we're talking about middle of round two, where you have to go get your quarterback of the future. New England's a really interesting team, though, because they really need a quarterback soon. Cam Newton's on a one-year deal. So New England's a team where they're probably hoping that some quarterback falls, but the rest of the NFL also knows that. So that puts them in a situation where they might be trying to trade up on April 29th to get one of those quarterbacks that does slide down the board. Matt, what team wouldn't surprise you if they traded back into the first round? It's hard because the teams that need a quarterback, right, they're all late round two guys. So it's not a a year where we can see like a Baltimore trade back into number 32 where they got Lamar Jackson because these teams that that we just mentioned, they're all picking mid to late round two. So a team like the Washington football team, I think they would like to be a little bit more aggressive. I know they have three quarterbacks already on the roster. I can see Washington being a team. If someone started to slide, they would be interested in moving back up to get their player. But it's not as easy this year because, again, all those quarterback needy teams in round two are going to be drafting in the second half. So you're giving up a lot of draft equity in the future to move back into round one. You look at the quarterbacks that are stacked on the board right now. A number of people got them going all the way from one down to possibly seven, eight. Um, when you look at the five guys that everybody's kind of talking about, who could potentially be the sixth guy out there? Is it a David Mills from Stanford? Yeah, Davis Mills from Stanford. I think Kyle Trask from Florida is probably the hottest name because he was so productive the last two years in the SEC. He was a Heisman finalist last year through 43 touchdowns. Anytime you watch Kyle Pitts or Kadarius Toney, who will be first-round picks, you have to remember, oh, hey, this quarterback throwing them the ball is pretty good as well. So I think Trask, just given his size, he's six foot five, 240 pounds. He's not exceptionally mobile, but he's mobile enough. He ran some QB power under Dan Mullen, the head coach at Florida, who is the coach who got Dak Prescott ready for the NFL. So I think that also adds to the flavor a little bit with Trask of why teams do like him, because there is a little bit of pro readiness there. And you know, he's coming from a scheme that has prepared quarterbacks for the NFL. Matt, Trey Lance and Justin Fields have their second Pro Days upcoming. What are teams hoping to learn from them, and what information can we glean from these Pro Days? Yeah, you know, there's not a whole lot of information that we can glean sitting at home or being at the Pro Day. I think the biggest thing when you're watching a quarterback is how well do they throw it in person because there is a difference between watching a guy on tape and then watching him throw in person. I remember being at the Senior Bowl watching Josh Allen and Becker Mayfield throw in person, being – 10 yards away from them. It changes your perspective of how hard a guy throws or how much effort it takes for them to dial up velocity, to cut the ball through elements like wind, rain. So that is an important part of it. But more than anything, it's those human interactions. Because of COVID-19, scouts weren't able to make school visits this past year, guys. So being a scout of the Niners or the Patriots or the Broncos, getting around Justin Fields and Trey Lance for the first time in person is huge. And this year, there are new rules. Only three people from an NFL team can go to these pro days. So the Niners are going to have a big contingent there. I would think that uh, we probably see the New England Patriots have a decent-sized group there because they were at the Alabama pro day instead of the Ohio State pro day. So I think that's the important part of it is just having these decision-makers be around these players to see how they move, how they interact with their teammates, how coachable they are. But then also 
So there's something to sizing up the athlete in person and seeing what their actual traits are. I think that's a great point, and I would just say it trickles down from every level, Matt. You're just talking about college guys being evaluated for the NFL, but there's college coaches that can't evaluate high school players, and that's the feeder system, and all of this is just a trickle-down right. effect because of the lack of in-person communication and scouting. It's a fascinating subtext to what will be, hopefully, a normal, let's cross our fingers, NFL draft in Cleveland with the fans back, the way we remember it, way, 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 way back two years ago. Matt, thank you very much. We'll have you certainly back before April 29th. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Uh That's Matt Miller, our NFL Draft Insider. So we're asking you, you heard what Matt said. I kind of reeled off some teams. Boom, he went right to Minnesota and New England. What's a team at the mid-bottom of the first round? Wouldn't surprise you if they sprung a quarterback, knowing at the top it's going to be QBs all the way around. Alex in Michigan, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you say? Alex, you with us? hear me yeah alex what do you got here yeah okay go ahead man uh so i don't think chicago is going to end up taking a quarterback in the first round due to this probably being ryan paces and matt Nagy's last year they need the quarterback to play now and to win now Uh, i actually think that there's probably going to be a little qb dilemma with Foles and dalton if dalton doesn't perform Foles is probably going to be out in the field by week three and Pace and Maggie's going to be fired by week six. Hey, let me let me flip this on you. How about drafting a young guy and then Nagy and Pace can just say, well, you can't fire me. We just drafted a young guy. Let's see how he works in three years. I mean, could you use the logic the other way? I mean, from a franchise morale, we should draft a quarterback. But, no, I don't see Pace and Nagy making it out of the season if they don't win now. Cool. Thanks, Robert. Even with a young guy on the roster. You got it. Thank yeah, they, you, man. Just because they draft a quarterback, they can still get fired. No, yeah, right? sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. They, they, but if I'm them, I'm drafting a quarterback, period. There's yeah. not a quarterback <laughs> on the roster that that is – You don't want to see any of those guys play yeah. all 16, like, whether it's Andy Dalton or uh, Nick Foles. We've lived that movie before, and we know that it's not see, good I'm enough. See, I'm not so – Andy Dalton, I could survive with, I think. And I they think, promised I think him he was QB1. I think Andy Dalton could potentially be okay. I understand he didn't have a great season last year at times – in Dallas, but mm. none of the Cowboys did. And when he was in Cincinnati, he wasn't god-awful. He was okay. Mm-hmm. He was solid. It was bad toward the end of his tenure as a Cincinnati yeah, quarterback. Mate, but it was bad. And Cincinnati it wasn't much was better bad. this past year against Dallas. But Cincinnati was bad as a whole, though. I think he'll, I think he, I think he'll be okay. I'm okay. not saying that he's the future, but I think he'll just be okay for is what they want to do. Is he good enough to save their jobs this year, though? Because they've, they've got to be a team that's in playoff contention. And as I look at it, they still have the worst quarterback situation in that division. Is he good enough to save their jobs? Does that mean just getting to the playoffs? Or does that mean winning the division? I'm going to say being in playoff contention in week 17. That's yeah, how I, I would he, qualify. I Even if that. they don't get in, like no, they I have to be in the that. mix. Absolutely, I think he could do that. Okay. I think he could do that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep him around. I wouldn't keep the coaching staff around. If they don't make the playoffs. Dalton did say the Bears promised him the second he signed he was QB1. That's straight from Dalton. Let's try to sneak in Robert in Virginia. Robert, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead. What team? I would not be surprised if Belichick doesn't move up and get one. I think he, he likes Cam. I think And I think Cam can win for him. But I think, think if he can get a really good value... I mean, Belichick, he, he's hot to make some moves, and I, I, I think uh, New England could do something for sure. Chris, they pick 15th. He's never picked a quarterback that high ever. Jimmy Garoppolo picked in the second round overall is essentially his high watermark. Here's my problem with that. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to go outside of his, his typical 
you know, formula in terms of being able to try to find a quarterback. Bill Belichick is always looking for value, and you're just not going to find value if you're trying to select a quarterback at the top of the draft. It's not going to happen. Like, you're going to mortgage draft picks. Teams are going to tax you in order to move up to try to get that quarterback just because there's so much of a demand from all of these squads. So I just feel like with Bill Belichick, you look for him to make those moves, you know, in the middle rounds and the later rounds to try to find a quarterback that he can develop into their future franchise guy. I'm not saying it's going to be just like Tom Brady, but that's what Bill Belichick is doing in terms of trying to find who their next guy is going to be. And speaking of Belichick, on the way, does he need to do what Robert said and what Chris is essentially saying and draft a quarterback to cool his warming seat? Wait a minute. Who said his seat is warm? (laughs) The answer on the way after Key has this from Hulu. Still pounding on that remote control night after night, Hulu has all the shows and movies you love. And before you ask, do they have The Handmaid's Tale or Grey's Anatomy or, or Sports Center? The answer is yes. Whether you're into live sports or news or an award-winning originals and premium channels, it's time to have Hulu. Hulu plans start at $5.99 for thousands of shows, movies, and Hulu's originals. And you can add another premium channel and live TV, and it's all on the same app. So you're not having to download a million different things. Keep the drama on your TV. Keep streaming. Simple. It's time to have Hulu. Restrictions apply. Riley in South Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, day one, listen to man. I'm a big fan. Hey, Jay, I appreciate your football acumen. Hey, Zubin, you the man. Key, I appreciate you and you down there in Carolina, too, baby. I appreciate More that. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sweet music from the Music City and the Music City legend in just a second, but from... Sweet to sour as we start, fellas, from A to Z. Some sour feelings from LeVar Arrington. Remember him, the former Penn State legend, Washington football team linebacker, saying on Fox Sports 1, 
of the divergent years that, of course, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had with Tom winning the Super Bowl and Belichick missing the playoffs. Quote, having the type of season that they had last year, he's speaking of the Pats, can make you rethink a whole lot of things that you did in the past. That seat is warm for Bill Belichick. He, he also went on to say that if any year showed if it was more Brady or Belichick, the age-old question, he said 2020 answered that, throw away the key on the discussion. He thinks Belichick's seat is warm. Is he nuts? Seat warm? LeVar, that's all, yeah. I mean, like, come on, man, stop, man. That, that <laughs> Belichick is good for the next 100 years if he chooses to do so. And as far as the Belichick versus Brady, Brady was smart enough to get out of there because he realized that they didn't have any talent and it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. It, was, it just wasn't going to work out. So why not go somewhere like Tampa Bay that had a lot of talent and go win a Super Bowl? It's, it's not hard to see. Hell, Belichick's seat. Yeah, Belichick's not on the hot seat. That's absolutely ridiculous. And Belichick is still trying to chase Don Shula for most wins all time as an NFL head coach. If you're Robert Kraft, you want to give him every opportunity to do that as the Patriots head coach. He ain't going nowhere. When he's done coaching at the New England Patriots, he's done coaching in the NFL. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And also, even the gentlest of criticisms when Robert Kraft was asked why they spent almost $200 million in the first eight hours of free agency in an interview last week with Peter King, who's been on our show a couple of times. And he essentially said, I mean, this is how much respect. He's Mr. Kraft. Let's remember, right? Nobody calls him Bob. Even Tom Brady and Belichick call him Mr. Kraft. And Mr. Kraft told Peter King, you know, we haven't done as well in the draft recently as I would have liked. That's the most stinking criticism. Even that's the way he would say it. It would be very, very measured. So uh, LeVar Ball has some uh, in the running for crazy LeVars with LeVar <laughs> Arrington. This is, this is a crazy cool story. The Titans star, Eddie George, who still has a big, huge sign out there in front of Nissan Stadium. You still see him on the Jumbotron between games. He's a Titans legend. Well, he goes from that team in Nashville to Tennessee State, an HBCU, historically black college university at the FCS level. He'll take over the Tennessee State Tigers. In fact, it's basically like a get in there right now sort of situation. Their old coach, Rod Reed, was told this weekend is actually your last game. Some SCS teams are now playing in the spring because of the pandemic. Key, following in the footsteps of Deion Sanders, is off to a nice start. And this is going to be quite the journey for Eddie George. It is, and, and I'm happy for Eddie. It's just it's, it, it's mind-boggling to me that guys like Deion Sanders, along with Eddie George, they have to go down to the, the black college football level to get their first head coaching jobs. Well, in the NBA, Canty, you think about it, when guys are legends in the NBA or have played a very long time and endured their bodies and their minds to the NBA, the moment that they retire, they don't have to sit around and wait to get a job to go coach. They can simply go into the front office, wind up on the bench coaching as top assistants or even going into the head coaching but in football, it's so different, man. They make us – we got to scratch a claw <laughs> just to get an internship. And, and you would think that Prime and Eddie George can assemble. And, I, and right now, to this day, as I told my producer last night, I said, man, I could put a Super Bowl caliber staff together right today. Mm-hmm. Don't mean we're going to win the Super Bowl, but I can go get those same coaches – that are on these staffs that other guys get, that the Sean McVeighs of the world have gone out and got, the Brian Floreses of the world have gone out. I can get those same dudes. 
Because we know I can go get Chris Canty to be my defensive line coach mm-hmm. that knows how to coach the defensive line. I can assemble an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, a defensive back coach, a special teams coach. I can do all of those things in a heartbeat. I just don't understand the mindset of the NFL general managers, presidents, and owners when guys like Eddie George can clearly coach football, Deion Sanders can clearly coach football, why they never really get the opportunities like guys in the NBA. I just, it's crazy to me. Key, I think that's a fair question to ask, and you bring up basketball in the NBA. Steve Nash would be case in point. No, well, previ- no, previous, Steve, yeah. no previous exactly. coaching experience. Exactly. He walks right into the Ferrari that is the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, and they're competing for championships in year one. But looking at Eddie George and Deion Sanders, here's the thing, and I understand you're saying that they have to go a level below you know, the, the, the big show and the FBS schools in order to get an opportunity. But I actually like the fact that these guys are taking their football acumen and their credibility in validating these programs at the HBCU yeah. level. Like, I, I think that's really cool to try to turn those schools into destinations for the talent that's in our community. And, 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 and that is a great thing. I just don't understand why it takes the – the HBCUs to give them the opportunity. Yeah. Why, why does it take that, though? That's just, it's crazy to me. Why, when clearly others get opportunities that didn't even play in the NFL. Yep. And the ones that did wasn't worth a damn. You're talking about two of the all-time greats at their position that now have to, you know, go to a, a, a lower level of competition to prove that they can be head coaches in the league. I just but Key, we we see that we see it's that wild to we me. see that in the NFL when it comes to position coaches trying to work their way up the ranks and become head coaches. I mean, Dave Cully is in his sixties and he's getting his first opportunity with a it's Texans crazy, franchise man. that's in turmoil right now with their quarterback situation. So I, I just it's unfortunate that it takes all of that for coaches of color to be able to get to positions of prominence and be the head coach with programs. But that's the reality of where we're at. It's not even so much color for me as much as it is what they did for the league. That's all. Steve Nash, NBA. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.